This is the Tulsa World Scene Podcast. I am Jason Collington, editor of the Tulsa World. Today we are speaking with Jimmy Trammell, uh, one of our more prolific writers in the scene section. And he has a story that is so far the most popular story in February on TulsaWorld.com. And that is the 40th anniversary and a look back at the story behind the story of Footloose, uh, the movie that you know Kevin Bacon starred in um, four decades ago. It was based off a story that happened in an Oklahoma town. Jimmy, remind yourself and remind our listeners, when was the first time Footloose entered into your childhood? It would be, uh, I saw it at the theater, the All Red Theater in Pryor, Oklahoma in 1984. So uh, there was my introduction to Footloose. At that time, I had no idea that Oklahoma was part of this story. When did you find out Oklahoma was? Honestly, I did not know until maybe uh, six, seven years ago. And my history teacher at my high school, Locust Grove, had messaged me a story idea several years ago that said, uh, hey, did you know that my school, he was a 1968 graduate of Elmore City, did you know my school was the town that inspired Footloose? And I had no idea. And at that time, I did a little research to see if we had written about it before, and we had, but it had been several years, but uh, I didn't write about it at that time. But this being the 40th anniversary year of the movie, now's the time. And with a fir- one of the f- chapters of your very long story, which I got to the very end of it, it's it's one of those I like to call those these Jimmy stories. In the newsroom, we call them Jimmy stories. They're long, but they they are so full of interesting things. There's always a Jimmy, uh, you know, turn of phrase. I'll, I'm not going to ruin it what it is for you in this one but one of the chapters you is headlined controversy in elmore city remind everyone where elmore city is in oklahoma if you're not familiar with uh, your elmore city geography it's not far off i-35 which is the main drag between oklahoma city and dallas if you're going south of oklahoma city toward ardmore before you get to ardmore there's pulse valley uh hang a right which is west at Paul's Valley and about 10 miles away, you'll find Elmore city. So remind everyone if it's been a little bit uh, since they've watched the movie, what's the storyline and how, how did it connect to what really happened? And the story in the film is a young man from Chicago played by Kevin Bacon, Ren McCormack moves to a small town with his single mother and, uh, Quickly gets pulled over for driving his VW Bug, uh, playing some uh, cassette tape in there very loud, and come to find out it's a town that really doesn't like rock and roll music, and especially doesn't like dancing. Uh, Dancing is forbidden. Uh, And you find out later in the film that uh, the reason why is the minister of the town, a minister in the town, uh, one reason he's so opposed to dancing, and... uh, rock and roll and everything that goes along with it is his son was among young people killed in an automobile accident one night after, you know, going maybe out of town to uh, dance and listen to music and that sort of thing. So it's, it's very personal to this minister that this town has a ban on dancing. And what really opened up your story and why your story, I think is really connecting with people is you got an interview with the guy that wrote the film, and he was also the co-writer of every song on the soundtrack, Dean Pitchfork. Tell me how you got that interview, and, and what did he share with you that you were able to put into this story? 
Isn't that amazing that one guy that could all spring from his brain, the the screenplay, and oh by the way, every song on the soundtrack. Uh, Dean Pitchford had won an Academy Award for the song "Fame" uh, uh, the, from the motion picture uh, that came out, you know, almost the dawn of the '80s, basically. Right. And uh, I I contacted Dean the old school way. I uh, I went to his website. There was no email address to contact him, but it said uh, inquiries can be sent to this address. So I went snail mail and put a letter to him in the mail uh, with my intent of wanting to write a 40th anniversary story about Footloose and uh, and really want to know, you know, what part of Elmore City, uh, what part of the real story inspired the actual story and how did he even find out about it? Oh, by the way. And then Dean responded to my snail mail letter with an email and said he'd be glad to talk about uh, Footloose. But what we haven't made clear yet is that until 1980, Elmore City had a ban on dancing. Uh, it was a city ban. It wasn't a school ban. So uh, public dancing was prohibited in Elmore City, Oklahoma. Uh, at the time, the junior and senior classes, the 79-80 school year, successfully petitioned to have a prom. Like, we want to be like other kids and have right. a prom. We want to dance. Uh, until that time, the school always had a junior-senior banquet. The kids would uh, go to the meal. Then they would just go, they would just leave. There was nothing, you know, they would go to another town to a bowling alley or something, which, oh, by the way, could be just as dangerous as going, you know, <laughs> dancing or whatever else. But, but essentially, these kids campaign to successfully have a prom uh, somehow gained national attention. People Magazine picked up on the story. I mean, go, go, go. And, and Elmore City wasn't the only town that uh, didn't have uh, dancing and proms. But uh, for some reason, this story went viral before there was such a thing. And Dean Pitchford sees like a two-paragraph story in the San Francisco, San Francisco Chronicle about this town in Oklahoma City where you couldn't dance. And that was the seed from which sprang Footloose. And he, he says in your story, quote, and it spoke to me. And so he just stuffed that little, little bitty brief in a, in the paper. Uh, so again, you go through all of this, you go through what the, the screenwriter tells you, you've talked to some people uh, that were, that were around at the time. You talked to people who are, had some pretty unique seats. Tell me some of the characters that are in your story. Uh, one character I was really glad to find was the guy who uh, says he wrote the very first story about this quote-unquote controversy. Uh, he was a teacher in a, a nearby school at the time, Purnell, and he was a part-timer at the Winniewood newspaper and just so happened to get asked to speak at one of these uh, public meetings about should they dance or not be able to dance. And he was on the side of, you know, yeah, I want these kids to dance because he had gone to Elmore City and at a time when it was prohibited. But so I was really glad to find this guy who wrote the very, very first story, he says, about this campaign of the kids to, to be able to dance. Um, he was one of the characters I talked to. Uh, uh, I was unable to talk to Rex Kennedy, who was a junior class president. He was the main person who everyone tells me. Uh, led the campaign to have this uh, the prom, but I did speak to uh, 
Marianne Temple, who was another member of that junior class, uh, was and her father was the school board uh, on the school board cast a deciding vote to whether Elmore City could have a prom or not. It was tied 2-2, and Raymond Temple says, let them dance, and it breaks the tie, and Elmore City gets to have a prom. One other thing that really kind of, I think, gets people to the end of this story is the fact that you are, when you when you write stuff, and if you've written a lot of things, you've written profiles on celebrities, you got a wonderful thing on, on Wes Studi uh, earlier last year, uh, you, you kind of bring in, because your your beat is pop culture, and there's not a lot of people in America who's asked to write about pop culture, but I can tell you that this story is just a sample of what Jimmy does for the Tulsa world, because um, you're one of the most popular, uh, most most read people on our website, and what I love is what you did at the end, because again, you kind of go through it, and then you bring it back to the movie. Tell us some of the things that kind of started to make this movie such a big hit when it came out. Well, obviously the music. I mean, uh, understand uh, you you were around. I mean, I'm older than you, but uh, <laughs> the the peak of MTV was when. Right, exactly. Yeah. Okay. This movie came out in 1984. And by then, you know, MTV was in full bloom. And in, in, in researching this, I watched the movie twice. I watched it uh, regular version that I watched it uh, DVD commentary version with Dean Pitchford and a producer. And they made the point that uh, because the music videos got such heavy airplay on MTV. Huge, huge. Yeah. So basically it was, you know, Kevin Bacon was, and these songs were so uh, out there. Like you, you probably couldn't go 30 minutes or an hour without hearing one of these Footloose songs on MTV. And, yep. it, and it was, it was a great soundtrack. It knocked, uh, it had a couple of number one songs, I think three or four, you know, top 10, top 20 songs, uh, you know, very catchy radio gold. And uh, man, it, and the, this, the soundtrack knocked Thriller, the, the Michael Jackson great album off the number one spot. Uh, so that's how, you know, powerful that soundtrack was. And Kenny Loggins obviously is the soundtrack king with, the, with that and, uh, you know, Caddyshack and Top Gun and whatever else you want. He had a pretty good decade. He had a pretty, pretty good decade. Good decade. But oh, just just on the side, my favorite Kenny Loggins song of all time is a duet with Steve Perry from Journey called "Don't Fight It." And after I'd scheduled the interview with Dean Pitchford, I had no idea that Dean Pitchford co-wrote that song as oh, well. Man. Yeah. Well, I, there's a number of movies that we can think of. The soundtrack is probably better than the movie during that era. Um, and, uh, but what's funny is that, uh, this 40th anniversary, this is not just something that happens, uh, every 40 years, but they actually have a festival and you, you end your story talking about the festival and they actually have one coming up in April. Yeah. The, on the 30th anniversary of the first prom, uh, first prom was 1980, uh, which makes the 30th anniversary 2010. One of the girls who was a sophomore server at that first prom. Uh, they chose, you know, some uh, a few top sophomores to serve the junior and senior banquet. And a perk was you get to go to the prom uh, as, you know, a, one of the guests. But uh, she was working for the city in 2010 and decided, you know, we really need to do something to commemorate 
this being the town of Footloose. So she started the Footloose Festival, Lisa Rawlings, in 2010, and it's still uh, carrying on today. And uh, and now you can publicly dance in Elmore City at the Footloose Festival. They even have a stage and a little uh, covered area right there by City Hall at the main uh, intersection. Hey, and, and one thing we didn't bring up is uh, once those Elmore City kids won the right to have a prom, the scary thing was now you have to dance in front of the world because, you know, People Magazine and uh, a newspaper from Chicago and the Fort Worth Star-Telegram and all these all these media people and TV cameras show up. So, uh, yeah, gee, you haven't danced before, but now go out there and dance in front of TV cameras. <laughs> well, as I said, uh, Footloose at 40. Uh, this is a story that's on TulsaWorld.com. As I said, the most popular one uh, we have put out so far this month. Uh, Jimmy Trammell, scene writer for the Tulsa World. Jimmy, thank you for writing uh, the story on Footloose. Uh, there is not a question I don't think you don't answer in this story when it comes to this, not only the origin story in Oklahoma, but then the resulting movie and then what's happening today. And we will definitely be there uh, in Elmore City in uh, April to cover this year's festival. Hopefully, Kevin Bacon, hopefully, might make an appearance or someone from the movie. That would be fun. Thank you all very much for listening. This is the Tulsa World Scene Podcast. We will see you next time. Thank you.